Well, can you believe it? It's the 19th day of October, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Radio Valverde. This is Con Café. So glad you could join us. We're looking at the Old Testament station, the Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 27 through 34 in the message version of the Bible. And the devotional is called, Our God is a God of Hope. And isn't it wonderful to know that God is a God of hope, the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, one million, two million, ten million chances. And we celebrate that. I thank God for a great day. I was out in Gonzales from nine until a little after one at the grocery store there, H-E-B, and got to see a lot of dear church members that came by and said hi and even made a new friend or two. Gotta say, the HEB workers are more friendly than the other grocery store with which I am affiliated. I won't name names, but got to know some of them and what they do, where they're from, and I was blessed. Good time, and uh, onward and upward. <laughs> so here now the word of God from Jeremiah 31. Let's hear, beginning with verse 27. Be ready. The time's coming, God's decree, when I will plant people and animals in Israel and Judah, just as a farmer plants seed. And in the same way that earlier I relentlessly pulled up and tore down, took apart and demolished, so now I am sticking with them as they start over building and planting. When that time comes, you won't hear the old proverb anymore, parents ate the green apples, their children got the stomachache. No, each person will pay for his own sin. You eat green apples, you're the one who gets sick. That's right. The time is coming when I will make a brand new covenant with Israel and Judah. It won't be a repeat of the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took their hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant even though I did my part as their master. God's decree. This is a brand new covenant that I will make with Israel when the time comes. I will put my law within them, write it on their hearts, and be their God, and they will be my people. They will no longer grow, go around setting up schools to teach each other about God. They'll know me firsthand, the dull and the bright, the smart and the slow. I'll wipe the slate clean for each of them. I'll forget they ever sinned. God's decree. Most wonderful Wednesday to you, dear friend. I thank God for you. That's my prayer for you, that you be blessed in wonderful and unexpected ways on this Wednesday. I shared with you last night the unexpected news about my friend, the Reverend Chavelo Gomez. And, um, you know, it just caught me off guard. I, I remember meeting him when a youth, he was there at camp every summer. And he was there for me all during my years in the route on the conference. And sadly, the last time I saw him was up in Dallas when we went to our friend Daniel Solis' funeral not that long ago. Uh, may God's comfort and peace be with Chavelo. Nellie and I were blessed to visit his household when his wife Katie was under hospice care herself. I know Chavelo longs for that reunion, but we pray God's will be done. Chavelo is a faithful reader, and we thank God for that. And I pray that as he reads this, he knows that a lot of people are praying for him. And I thank God for those of you that 
read my prayer requests and always respond with a word of prayer yourselves or with just one word praying, which I know blesses my heart and, and more importantly, blesses the one for whom we are praying. Because we can feel prayers when people pray for us. And also we praise and thank God for the amazing recovery in Mr. Doug Copeland's life while recovering at his mother's home here in Seguin. The, num the numbers for his blood pressure are way low. The swelling in his legs has gone away. And it's just a, a blessed, unexpected, wonderful miracle that our brother is, is doing so well. So Doug, continue to get better, my friend. Well, friends, you know, and I know that if we misbehave, we know we face consequences. <laughs> I won't go into my childhood. That's too long a story with all the times that uh, I misbehave and all the times that I paid dearly for uh, my stupidity. But I remember my first year of freedom and the many things that I did that I know now that I should not have done. My parents dropped me off at my dormitory, the back parking lot at Lon Morris College, Jacksonville, Texas, 1971, just the school was to start. All my earthly belongings that I had at that time fit <laughs> in the trunk of that old Chevrolet. Now, I know Chevrolets in those days were quite big, the trunk especially, but still, I chuckle because now I have too much stuff, too much junk. But... In the trunk of that old Chevrolet, there were my clothing, my shoes, and my most precious possession at the time, the high school graduation gift my parents gave to me of a Radio Shack stereo system. <laughs> they knew I loved music. I, I can't live without music. And they blessed me with a record player. We had uh, been using hand-me-down record players from our entry into Houston and uh, shared apartments that we had. One elderly couple, uh, when she died, uh, he came down and gave us a big old uh, record player that he had, along with some 78s that he had, including some Disney uh, albums that uh, he shared with us. And uh, with that Radio Shack stereo system, I brought along my very precious and very limited collection of vinyl records. Now, kids, ask your parents about record albums, or better yet, go visit a Target store. I've noticed Target in their music section now carries vinyl albums, and you'll see some new albums as well as some re-releases of classic albums that are in my collection, but take away a digit from the price and you'll see what we used to pay for our albums. And uh, with all the stuff there, I carried my stuff upstairs. My parents helped me unpack. I think maybe even my mom may have made my bed for that first night. And then uh, I walked out to wave them goodbye, and they took off. Now, as I'm waving goodbye, an upperclassman from New Mexico asked if I wanted to go to the movies. I started to say, and I did say this much, let me go ask, and stopped and laughed. And, and I said kind of softly, I don't need to ask permission anymore. Yes, I'll go. So I went on my first outing and did not need permission. But somehow I was placed in the roughest of the two male dorms on that small campus. I met some of the most incredibly creative and mischievous students I had ever hoped to meet. 
please keep in mind that I was in the GT program all of my life, the Gordo y Travieso program, which means fat and mischievous. Well, one night I had learned enough that I reached the point I decided it was my turn to do something <laughs> that would keep dorm life interesting. That's my rationalization. I'm sticking with it. Kids, now hear this. I'm not advocating, not advocating such behavior for you. But I took the contents of the recycling bin and put those said contents of said bin into a clothes dryer and put in my two quarters. Yes, that's how old I am. And press play. Okay. It was really stark, but you get it. Long story short. I'm in the Dean of Students' office not too long after. Actually, I was there with two or three other misbehaving colleagues in the presence of the Dean himself, the Reverend Virgil Matthews, who also held the title of Pre-Ministerial Program Director or some fancy title that he tried to keep the, <laughs> the future ministers in line. He was also Professor of Bible and just a genuine, all-around good, good guy. But on that day, I faced expulsion from the school. And I also faced the very real possibility of facing the wrath of my father and my mother, who were counting on their eldest son to do right by them, <clears throat> by being the first in the family <clears throat> to attend college. And here I was, supposedly studying for ministry, and I was a lawbreaker. Okay, rule breaker. My mind and my heart raced, for I knew I deserved whatever the dean meted out as fair justice for my deeds. Yes, I was praying. I guess that was still the religious side of me for, for being in the trouble I was in, but realizing in my heart that I deserved nothing special, just strength to pack and go home, find another college willing to accept a prankster, who might also have to renegotiate with God about what true calling I might really <laughs> have the Reverend Dean Virgil Matthews could not have been more gracious. He gave me another chance with a stern, you should have known better talk. He could have called my dad who would have driven up from Houston and murdered me, but he didn't. He could have called my mom who would have cried for days and she would have murdered me as well, but he didn't. He gave me another chance. God is like that. And that's why God calls such selfless, sweet men and women to be pastors and deans, such as this very lovely man, Dean Virgil Matthews, who still lives out in West Texas. Now, friends, God is a God who plants and expects a harvest from each planting that he does. God took a chance on me, as God has taken a chance on you. This is the message of this passage. God can and sometimes does rip up his plantings, but that's only when he's, his seeds have done nothing or care nothing about what they were supposed to do or be. And that's usually the last straw as far as God is concerned. But in this passage, the prophet is declaring hope to the hopeless and a future to those wandering lost and away from God. In fact, the most classic version of this passage say the parents eat the sour grapes and the children get the stomachache. God says in verse 30, No, each person will pay for his own sin. You eat green apples, you're the one who gets sick. And that God will establish, I'm quoting, a brand new covenant with Israel and Judah. 
Now, this new covenant will emphasize the importance of personal relationships with God instead of pointing at others and expecting a protector of sorts. Everyone must answer for themselves, God is declaring. People will come to know God personally. Those who desire relationship will know God. And like only God can do, and sweet, thoughtful deans, declare the slate white plea. I'll forget they even sinned. Amen. Let's pray. Awesome God, how great is thy love for us that you grant us second, third, and one million chances to start anew. And you who have the only authority to do so, wipe clean the slate. Forgive us and allow us to come to know you personally. It's in Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Dear friend, have a great and blessed day in the Lord. I thank God for you and I thank you for tuning in. If you've been blessed, share this with someone else who might need a blessing. Here's your call to action. Ask God for a second chance on something you know you should not have done. Receive my blessings of love and joy. I'm Pastor Adi Verde. I love you and I thank God for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.